to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to explain the offer at the end of today's program. Right now, let's go on and continue listening to Bill Sneblin talk on exposing the Illuminati from within. But what it is, it's a branch of the, uh, of the Church of Utrecht in Holland, which was cut away from the Vatican by various Protestant Catholic divisions back in the 1700s. And so this has existed as a whole separate parallel church to the Catholic Church. The only difference is, is one, they allow a married clergy. Two, they say the Mass in the vernacular. And three, they do not accept the last two councils. In other words, Vatican I or Vatican II. So this fellow was willing to ordain me, get me ordained through the, to the priesthood in exchange for me ordaining him a witch priest. So he kind of, you know, swapped initiations. So this is a picture of me. This is actually during the ordination ceremony down. This is in St. Paul's Church, Old Catholic Church in Joliet, Illinois. There's my certificate, June 5th, 1976. I already explained about the Roman Rite of Utrecht. Uh, this is another shot of the same thing where I'm kneeling. And the bishop there is about to lay hands on me. Notice his little Dagon fish hat that he's wearing. That's, that's very important. Uh, okay, so, and all this, you see, it was like I was gathering power. This is how I looked at it. Because, see, this, this druid guy had explained to me that there's all these different currents of occult power. And I, I explain all this in my book, Lucifer Dethroned, but like for, for all of the, you know, I, you have the 13 members of Jesus' coven, right? And each one of those apostles had a certain current of power that went out from him. Like, for example, the Joanine current of power was the Freemasons. The Petrine current for Peter was the Roman church, and so on and so on and so on. And so it was like I was going around picking up these things, sort of like, you know, hash marks on my spiritual aura or whatever. So that's what I was doing. I wasn't just being, and people might think, well, what kind of a wacko person is a witch and goes and is ordained a Catholic priest? Well, it's not as strange as you think, and we'll explore more about that later. Um, anyhow, once I'd gone this far, another thing happened. Um, this same friend who stood up at my wedding as my best man, he owned this occult bookstore in Milwaukee I referred to, and he said, one day he came up to me and he says, you know, you really ought to read this book. And he handed me a copy of the Satanic Bible. Now, if you talk to anybody who's a white witch, they'll say, oh, witches aren't Satanists. Witches don't believe in Satan. We worship nature. You know, we're, we're out skipping through the woods, gathering herbs and worshiping the, worshiping the gentle goddess and the great god. You know, tra-la-la. So, you know, this was sort of odd because this guy was supposedly a Wiccan. But he said, this guy has some good ideas. So I read the book and I found out that indeed Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible, the guy who was the head of the Church of Satan for many years, that he did have some interesting ideas. And you see, this is how it works. Once you set your foot in this direction, you know, you get more deceived, you get more deceived. You know, I, it's not like I woke up, you know, one morning when I was a, a high school kid and said, I want to worship the devil. You know, it was a gradual process. And especially when you understand that the Church of Satan doesn't worship the devil. How many of you realize that? The Church of Satan does not worship the devil. They just view the devil as a symbol, as an archetype. Now, there are, of course, Satanists that do worship the devil, but that's why basically we call uh, the Church of Satan comic opera Satanism because it's really not that serious a thing. Not that it's not dangerous, but compared to other forms of Satanism, it's not that dangerous. So I went through the first degree of the Church of Satan, and then made it all the way up to second degree. You'll notice there, that's my certificate. I was made a warlock. 
in the Church of Satan. You'll notice there down at the bottom is Anton LaVey's autograph. I have the dubious distinction of having his autograph. I want to note that in the last paragraph, it says, The Church of Satan, having passed before the Council of Nine, order of the trapezoid by all the powers of hell, so it is done. That's kind of like saying amen. Well, notice that order of the trapezoid, because that's going to be important later. This is what set me on what occultists call the left-hand path. And from then on, I was both pursuing masonry and many other things and still doing the Catholic priest thing, but I was also doing the satanic thing. Now, you might think, how could anybody do that at the same time? Well, you've got to realize, first of all, once you get into, once you get past the basic Satanism of Anton LaVey's church, you discover that in order to be a practicing satanic priest, you first of all have to be a Catholic priest. Do you realize that? Now, this is not intended as a slam on Catholicism, although there's certainly a, a talk there somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> the problem is, is that, you see, uh, in the classical black mass, les messes noires in the, in the French, is a ritual that's an inversion of the Catholic ceremony, the Catholic liturgy that you've all probably seen pictures of if you've not actually attended one. And except they have the cross upside down, the priest wears dark vestments, and they, they have a naked woman on the altar. And what they do is they, they, they believe that the host is really the body of Jesus. And so they abuse this host they stomp on it, they urinate on it, they do things I won't even describe to it, and they believe by doing that, they're torturing Jesus. Now, this is, this is bizarre, I know, but this is what they believe. And, and so it's really handy if you can have a priest there to do his hocus-pocus. Now, how many of you realize the word hocus-pocus comes from the Latin Mass? Did you know that? It was a thing that Protestants came up with to make fun of Catholics because the words in Latin... The priest picks up the host and he says, for this is my body. And what that is is Latin is hoc est enim corpus meum. So it's like hocus pocus. And the idea that you, you, you'd say this as a priest and poof, this, priest, this piece of bread turns into the body of Jesus. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. And ditto with the wine. So anyway, then, then if you were actually a Catholic priest who was also a satanic priest, you could do the satanic mass, have the host right there, and you could abuse it to your heart's content, and thereby thinking you were somehow insulting you know, Jesus Christ up in heaven. So it's not as bizarre as you think. If you, if you look at the history of Satanism, most of the prominent Satanists were also Catholic priests or Catholic bishops. Uh, I'll just name two. Aleister Crowley, some of you may have heard of him. He was consecrated a bishop in the old Roman church. And also Anton LaVey. Believe it or not, he ended up doing the same thing I did. He got a Greek Orthodox bishop, who shall remain nameless, <clears throat> to consecrate him a bishop in return for him making the Greek Orthodox bishop a priest of Satan. So it gets kind of fuzzy here, folks. Um, now here you see me in my ceremonial magical garb. Uh, I was involved in all sorts of high-level magic, uh, including Thalamic magic, which means magic that's based on the, the works of Aleister Crowley, who was the most prominent black magician of the last century, and Enochian magic, which has nothing to do with, like, Enoch in the Bible. It's, it's a very complicated thing that was brought forth by Dr. John Dee, who was the original 007. Have, have you heard of Dr. John Dee? He was Queen Elizabeth I. This is 
way back 400 years ago, Queen Elizabeth's premier spy. And he was also a high-level occultist, an alchemist, and a ceremonial magician. And he would, she would send him into Europe to spy on different countries, and he would send missives back, and he'd always sign his name 007. That was his little code designation. That's where Ian Fleming got the thing for James Bond. So anyhow, see all this interesting trivia you're picking up here? <laughs> anyway, um, at this time I was also me a member of the Brotherhood. And that's hardcore Satanism. See, if you think of it like this, you could think of the Church of Satan as kind of like marijuana, and hardcore Satanism is like cocaine or acid or heroin or something. So it's like a gateway into deeper, darker levels of the occult. And um, along the way, I had to sign my name in the black book. I had to sell my soul to the devil. Um, I didn't know the devil already had my soul. <laughs> but, you know, I made a pact. And the pact was that for seven years, I would serve Satan faithfully, that he would have me body, soul, and spirit. He would give me anything I requested, wine, women, song, drugs, power, whatever I wanted I could have. In exchange for that, at the end of seven years, he'd get to kill me and take me to hell. What a deal. How many of you want to sign up? <laughs> you got to realize, Satanists are taught that there's this kind of, I don't know if you've heard of the, the philosopher Nietzsche, but Nietzsche taught that Christians were like slave mentality and that the true masters were the ubermen, the supermen. And so the idea was is that Christians were all losers they would go to heaven, which is boring, because you sit around all day in a, and twang on a harp while sitting on a cloud and saying, oh, you're so great, oh, you're so wonderful, you know, and it's boring. That's what we were told. Whereas if you go to hell, it's like sex, drugs, rock and roll, day and night for all eternity. You get to party hardy for all eternity. And so the masters go to hell. The slaves go to heaven. The wolves go to hell. The sheep go to heaven. That's the way we looked at it. In fact, I was taught at one point, think of it this way. What's the greatest thing a Christian can do for the Lord? Think about it. To be a martyr. To give your life for the faith. Because the word martyr means witness. That's what it literally means in Greek. And at the same time, this Satanist leader said to me, what's the greatest thing a Satanist can do is kill a Christian. So it's like a symbiotic relationship, just like the wolf kills the sheep. So the Satanist kills the Christian. And the Christian gets his great blessings, and the Satanist gets his great blessings. It's a win-win situation. Now, you see how twisted all this is? You see, but there's enough truth in it to sell it. Anyway, I got more and more into these things, very, very strange stuff going on. Um, at one point, I'd gone through different levels of initiation, in ceremonial magic, and uh, I'd done some very powerful rituals, and I had this experience. I had happened to go home to visit, because this time we were living in Milwaukee, and I had gone home to visit my folks who lived in a little farm town in Iowa, and I was staying in my old bedroom, and I, for some reason Sharon hadn't come with me. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was lifted out of my bed, carried through the roof of my uh, bedroom, and I was sailing through the sky, through the stars, to the moons of Saturn. Now, that's pretty weird. And mind you, I was not on any drugs at this point. I, no, no funny cigarettes or recreational vegetables whatsoever. And um, I ended up landing on this moon of Saturn. And there was this obscenely bizarre-looking temple there. It was all totally black, 
totally out of whack. The angles were all wrong, spikes sticking out of it. It looked like a loathsome, diseased kind of black thing crouching on the planes of this moon. And I was told to go in, and I went inside, and there was this, this gentleman there who was my occult mentor, and wearing, he was wearing a white robe, and he kind of glowed in the dark like Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars movies, you know. Well, anyhow, he says, welcome to the Cathedral of Pain. Now, somehow that didn't sound very good to me, but I, what could I do? I was out in the middle of outer space, you know. And so I walk into this thing, and it's an enormous thing like a cathedral, just huge, except instead of stained glass windows along the walls, there is these, like, imagine like giant aquariums, floor-to-ceiling aquariums, full of some kind of fluid in this green light bathing them, and except instead of pictures or whatever, floating in this, these two aquariums on both sides of the room were countless naked dead bodies, mutilated, horrible-looking, you know, just floating there, including dead babies, dead children, dead adults, the whole bit. And I was just getting horrible feelings about this. There was this altar which was shaped like a trapezoid made out of girders in the middle of the room, and there was this huge throne made out of steel girders in the far side of this cathedral, kind of like if you were in like an Anglican or Catholic church, you know, in the rear. Well, what happened was, I was told to lay down on this altar, and they tied me to this altar. And this is all happening in his dream. Was it a dream? I don't know. What happens? All these people come out in black robes, and they start chanting. And for some reason, they're chanting in French. And for some reason, I understand French, even though I don't. And they're saying all these blasphemous things against the Almighty, which I won't even repeat, just cursing over and over again. And it's like they're trying to raise a level of power. And all of a sudden, this figure materializes on this throne in the rear of this huge cathedral. And it's this giant, ghastly figure, probably 25, 30 feet high. And it's like scintillating back and forth between this gorgeous-looking man with long, flowing hair to becoming like a winged bull, to becoming like a goat with wings and a human body. And it would go back and forth, back and forth, like scintillating. So at the end, this thing gets up off the throne and the chanting is getting more and more fierce and more and more frenzied. And he comes down. Every time he steps, the whole floor shakes. And he comes up to where I'm laying on this altar and he has this vast hand that's like, you know, four feet long, you know, from thumb to finger, and talons. And he takes this finger and he pokes it right through my forehead like this talon. And it like sears into my brain and I feel this like, you know, energy just burning my brain with white hot pain. And he said in this cavernous, sepulchral, Darth Vader type voice, now you belong to me, body, soul, and spirit forever. And my brain like exploded at that point and I felt myself hurtling back to earth in a fireball. And I landed in the backyard of my parents' house I'm laying there stark naked in the middle of this burning circle of fire on the lawn. And I had a scar on my forehead, which is still faintly visible to this day, 20 years later. And it was like, whoa, you know, what happened here? And I kind of staggered back into the house. I had the mother of all headaches, and I didn't know what to make of it. But from then on, that was my Luciferian initiation, even though I didn't know it at the time. Soon after that, 
I was invited to join the Illuminati. Now, what's the Illuminati? Well, we're going to talk about it a lot tonight, but basically it's the mother of all conspiracies. And it means literally a society of illuminated men and women who have, been, who have received the light of Lucifer. Because remember, Lucifer means the light bearer, right? So anyway, I was walking around in this state of white fog in my brain. And I was getting more and more tempted to do evil things, more and more. I mean, it was like whatever vestige of humanity was gradually being eaten away by this cancer of evil. So then I got to the point of what's called the abyss in high-level magic, where you have to cross the abyss. And then you transcend good and evil, and you start, you're on the final approach to becoming a living God. And in order to do that, I had to make a choice. In the system of magic I was working, I had two choices. I could either be a werewolf or a vampire. Now, a lot of you might think, huh? You know, this guy's been, you know, eating too many stale pizzas or what? But no, I had to make that choice. And I knew people who'd been into lycanthropy, which is the technical medical term for being a werewolf, and I knew it hurt a lot. Um, I mean, think about it. I mean, you're, you know, your, your nose starts growing out and you grow like two feet taller and this and that and the other thing. So it, it's not very fun. Plus, the stuff you have to do to become a werewolf, the rituals are so unspeakable, I won't even offend your ears by telling you what they are. So I've, I'd always kind of had this fascination for vampires anyhow because they're kind of sexy and everything. you know. So I thought, okay, I can do that. I can be a vampire. So I was ultimately initiated into a vampire cult down in a Russian Orthodox splinter group in Chicago. And I started having all of these sort of semi-vampiric symptomologies like I couldn't go out in sunlight, I couldn't get within 50 feet of garlic because garlic's a blood purifier, you see. And I had to sleep in a specially designed coffin. I mean, and I'm sure you're all thinking about this, but this guy's a total wacko. Well, no. Uh, and if you look around what's happening today, I mean, I was doing this stuff in 1978. What, what's going on today is you're seeing a whole culture developing of vampires. You may have seen, like, they have s programs on them, like on the History Channel or the Discovery Channel. There's, there's vampire nightclubs. There's vampire churches. They're out in the open, which was then secret 25 years ago, is now out in the open. And people ask, well, what did you do? How did you survive? Well, the funny thing is I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't even drink water. Water would just sit in my stomach like molten glass. The only thing I could do was every day I would celebrate a Catholic Mass and take communion. And then about once or twice a week, with increasing frequency, I, would, I had women in my coven who were willing to let me bite them in their neck and drink blood. And so that was how I survived for more than a year. And, I mean, I probably didn't have more than, you know, 40 calories a day. And yet I survived. It's all satanic. It's all demonic. And I believed that if I were to die, I would rise from the grave three days later as a vampire. And see, this group taught me that Lazarus was the first vampire in the, Old, in the New Testament in the book of John. And that Jesus was initiating people into vampirism. They said, why do you think Jesus said that, you know, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will live forever? See how the devil can take something and, and twist it? Or, or, you know, Jesus' statement that um, there are some standing here right now that will, that will not taste death until they see the kingdom of heaven coming. 
in that enigmatic thing at the end of John's Gospel where it talks about, all, you know, what is it to you if I want the beloved disciple, who we understand to be John, to tarry until I come, meaning the second advent. And so these people actually said that the head of this whole vampire cult was the Apostle John, who is now 2,000 years old, and he was a vampire. So I'm going, eh, 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 you know, <laughs> and it, it makes sense in a weird, twisted sort of way if you don't know your Bible, if you don't understand the scriptures. And again, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And of course, I never got any theological training, even though I went through a Catholic college, even though I went through as part of my priesthood training and got a master's degree in Catholic theology from a Roman Catholic seminary, I never read the epistles of Paul. I knew the gospel story vaguely, and oddly enough, I was fascinated with the book of Revelations. I kept reading it and reading it and reading it, but I couldn't understand it. It was like, you know, of course, I'm not saying I understand it now completely either, amen, but I mean, it was, it was a very hard book to get at. And so I didn't know what I was doing, and I was being deceived. Moving along, I finally got involved with a group called the Ecclesia Gnostica Spiritualis, which was an old Catholic group, and the guy who was the head of that, who was probably the evilest man I've ever met, he consecrated me a bishop. Uh, and at the same time, I was raised to the 90th degree of Egyptian Freemasonry, which is the ancient and primitive rite of Memphis misery. I mean, I know you probably can't see that certificate very well, which is just as well because it's in French. Uh, but um, anyway, on that, all, it's available in a better, better format that you can see, and I think it's in Luciferty Throne. Soon after that, now this is ironic, in regular American masonry, I went through the Scottish Rite. And this is my degree certificate for being uh, made a member of the Scottish Rite. Then I was went to the Shriner. Can you imagine this? This is me as a Shriner. I, get, I don't think you can see that picture that well, but I'm wearing the funny little fez thing and everything. And uh, It's the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine. And I don't know how many of you realize this, but I'm sure... If you go to some large city like Kansas City, they have some big fancy shrine temple, and you hear about the wonderful hospitals for crippled children and blah, blah, blah. But when shriners become shriners, they swear an oath in the name of Allah, and they swear it on the Quran. So it is not anywhere near a Christian organization. None of masonry is. See, masonry was part of the deception that drew me into all of this. But that's a whole other talk. I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. My second last step was I became a Mormon. And let me tell you how that happened. <laughs> Mormon? <laughs> you know, what's this? Well, as I said, I was into this vampire thing. I was getting, you see, vampirism. Let me tell you, there's a reason why Yahweh God tells us do not drink blood. He said that to Noah. He said that to Moses. And it's even in the book of Acts in chapter 15. Because blood is the ultimate addiction. Because the blood is the life. And I had to keep drinking more of it and more of it and more of it. And, and I was saying Mass every day, and it got to the point where like three or four times a week I had to have one of the women in my come and let me bite them in the neck. And once I got so carried away with bloodlust, I took too much, and I had the girl pass out on me, which was pretty scary. Fortunately, my wife has a lot of nursing training, and she was able to tell nothing was seriously wrong. She just sort of had an attack of <clears throat> pernicious anemia. But I, at the time, the only job I had, because, you know, what do you do when you can't go out in the daytime, I was working as a box man for the Milwaukee Sentinel, which meant I drove around in the middle of the night and put the newspapers in boxes for the morning newspaper. And I drive, you know, you're driving through the streets of Milwaukee at 2 in the morning, who do you see? 
mainly prostitutes and the occasional homeless person. And I was white-knuckling it on the steering wheel. I was so trying to fight off the urge, just jump out of my truck, pounce on one of these hookers, and just rip her throat out. It was getting that bad. And I was just, what, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do? And um, the funny thing is, is along the way, I asked for, for help. And I, I was asking for it for, from the devil. But the funny thing is, is some way, sometimes Yahweh will come along when you're praying to the wrong deity, and he'll say, excuse me, I'll take this call. And that's just what he did. He answered that prayer. Because what happened was, is that all of a sudden, <clears throat> I got a check back. Every year I was sending a check to the Church of Satan, my dues. And I got it back from the bank, and some lady from the San Francisco bank, where the Church of Satan does its banking, had written on it, I'll be praying for you in the name of Jesus. And I just, I just thought that was so inane because at this point I was so deceived. I thought Jesus was the son of Satan. He'd been killed on the cross as a sacrifice to the evil god Jehovah to save mankind from enslavement. That's how 180 degrees off I was. So I just laughed and, you know, forgot about it. Well, the funny thing was within a couple days something hit me like a Mack truck. I lost all my magical power. I got sick as a dog. I lost all my vampiric. I'm going to interrupt right there and encourage you to get these five discs, four titles, valued at $105 for a gift of just $35. The topics are Exposing the Illuminati from Within, one of the most famous by Bill Snevelin. Illuminati, Game or Blueprint for World Domination that Set the Internet Afire. Secrets of the Illuminati by Dr. Stan Monteith, and Secrets of Solomon's Key by Michael Hoggard. Five discs, four of the best DVDs we made over 26 years at the Prophecy Club, valued at $105, available at prophecyclub.com for $35. It's the Illuminati gift offer, gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. You can also watch it instantly at Watch prophecyclub.com. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the New Jerusalem comes down to earth. 
And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, there is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that will lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. 